Welcome to the Make Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Spears, marketing coach and consultant for heart-led, purpose-fueled, ambitious business owners who are on a mission to live out their wildest dreams and who don't settle for anything less than extraordinary. My mission with this podcast is to inspire and empower you to make magic with your marketing, your business, and your life. I'll be bringing you conversations with a range of incredibly inspirational coaches, healers, and experts to expand your mind, level up your business, and enrich your life one episode at a time. If you're someone who believes in magic and works at intentionally cultivating a life full of abundance, then this podcast is for you. This episode is with the inspiring and tenacious Chelsea Cox, a business consultant and sales strategist working with women in business. And she has a really beautiful, unique approach to sales, thanks to a culmination of her colorful career history and her gorgeous personality, the fact that she values authenticity and collaboration above all else. We chat about how to sell yourself in a soulful way, and she shares her story around paving her own way despite the challenges, which I know you'll find incredibly inspiring and interesting to listen to. And she also shares a load of her tips and support around how to remove the fear from selling. If you listen all the way to the end, you'll hear about the incredibly generous freebie that Chelsea is offering all of my listeners. You won't want to miss it. Trust me. Hey, Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm going to talk about the weather because we're in the UK. Um, It was so sunny this morning and I honestly feel like it's lifted my vibes because the last few days have felt kind of heavy with stuff that's been going on in the UK, like post football and all that rubbish. So I'm feeling good. Are you feeling it? Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm really excited that the weather's going to be super nice this weekend too. <laughs> That's oh, one thing. Makes such a difference <laughs> to our moods, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, there's no surprise that us Brits talk about the weather. Seriously, we've so needed it. But yeah, heat wave is coming. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so I'd love to kick off by asking you to introduce yourself to everyone. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Cox. I'm a business consultant and sales strategist. Um, I work with women in business to help them start, streamline and scale their businesses with clear and concise strategies and business plans. Um, I also support them with sales, partnerships and collaborations. And I love connecting people. It's at the heart of everything I do, that collaboration, connection and community. Um, And yeah, that's me. I'm a mom of one, nine year old um, girl going on 19. (laughs) Um, so that's uh so I know all about the motherhood juggle too I can totally relate to anyone that's listening um especially with the summer holidays just around the corner (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and all the homeschooling you've been doing over the last however many months years wow 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 (laughs) yeah years (laughs) my gosh absolute superwoman um so you and I met back when I was working for an activewear brand and you um, were heading up um, a big fitness festival. Now, I feel like that's when we kind of both entered this amazing world of wellness, but I know that you have a kind of similar story to me in that you started in corporate. So I'd love for you to share a bit about your journey from kind of corporate sales through to soulful selling and the business strategy work that you do now okay 
always with these questions it is always really hard to know where to start because you kind of feel like you have to go right back to the beginning so I'm going to go right back to the beginning but I'm not going to spend 20 minutes <laughs> talking about the beginning I promise I'm going to go I'm going to keep it really concise so I grew up in Spain um which was really difficult for me because I was the only English girl in my school and I had quite a lot of bullying experiences that led to actually me leaving school when I was 14 um, and starting to work in bars and shops and at one point I had three jobs I was translating for the Guardia Seville I was working in a bar at night and a restaurant in the day um, so I love I absolutely I fell in love with making money I just loved making money I wanted that independence I really craved it I felt like I come having those struggles at school I felt like I was way more in control of my life being an adult um you know I was really able to be independent uh, and I just absolutely thrived off it so I did that until I was 18 and the day after my 18th birthday I said to my parents I'm moving back to the UK we are originally from the UK I'm moving back to the UK because I want to pursue a career I want to make lots of money basically um they stopped talking to me for quite a while because they were like I don't understand how you know you've built we've built this amazing life here like why why would you want to go back to the UK and it was, it, for me, it was all about my ambition, opportunities. And whilst there are opportunities in Spain, I just felt called to, to come back and really give it a go. So I made my own little way to London um, and really tried for a job. And it was really tricky because obviously I'd left school at such a young age. Um, I had quite a lot of work experience for somebody so young in various different um, aspects, but I didn't really have like, a, a specific skill or a specific uh, I wasn't educated in a specific area so I just kept getting pushed back on 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 jobs and I'd given myself I'd saved enough money to give myself three months here um, and I'd already booked the return flight and I'd said to myself you know that return flight is the deadline if I don't have anything by then then I'm just going to go back and go back to living that Spanish life and um, which you know right now feels very appealing so <laughs> full circle here guys um so but I ended up landing um a part-time job in I was a concession girl in Debenhams for Longcom and um I landed it thanks to the kindness of this of this woman who just I was in awe of like she was like everything I'd never seen in Spain like you know, super pretty, absolutely gorgeous, so friendly, super nice. And um, yeah, I, she kind of almost adopted me as like a big sister um, vibe and we got on like a house on fire. And she, um, there was kind of around Christmas time when I started and I realized I could sell. I, I was really good at selling. Um, I think that came a lot from the life experience I'd had in Spain of working in bars and dealing with various situations and, you know, people from different backgrounds and different nationalities and language barriers um, from working in bars. Um, and I just fell into it. It was just somebody turned around one day and said to me, God, you can really sell. And I was like, can I like, is that am I doing good? Like, you know, and I was winning all these incentives and she actually ended up going on maternity leave so I took over the role of, of manager and that's kind of where my career started because I really felt like I had I always and still now actually feel like I have something to prove because I left school so young um 
And I really did feel like that first year was kind of me proving my worth in business. You know, I'd basically been given this half a million pound business essentially to run in the form of this concession. And I wanted to make it work and I really did. And I ended up winning multiple awards, working for them. I got promoted various times within the six years that I was with them and um, went on to manage big teams and multi-million pound accounts and really did myself proud. Um, it was a lot of traveling. I appreciate this is probably way more long-winded than I first anticipated. Not at all. I'm loving it. I'm going for it. <laughs> um, I then um, found out I was pregnant um, uh, when I was 22, I think it was, not that age matters, but um, decided that I didn't want to go back to that work because it was it was essentially retail although it was you know loads of other things the business side the commercial side the managing the team side I didn't want to um, ha be restricted with those retail hours so decided that after I'd had Ruby my daughter I was going to search for something that was a little bit more office based and as the, these things always seem to well certainly stories I've shared and heard they always start out with, you know, it was just going to be a part-time thing just while I figure out what I wanted to do. And, and I landed this job at the Telegraph, which was to be part of this team to launch a large-scale fitness festival. And I was, with, I was with that brand for six years and went on to head it up from the commercial side and built it up to be, again, another multi-million pound business. And um, it was then put on sale. I tried to buy it as a, from a management buyout perspective and sought a large amount of private investment and unfortunately lost out. Um, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And that led me then kind of after that loss um, well, what at the time I felt was a loss. It was a learning more than anything, I think. Um, to start my own business, I got totally disillusioned with the corporate world and going through that whole sales process of, of the brand um, really made me realize that I was just a number. It didn't matter how good I was at my job, how much money I made them, how great of a manager I was. Uh, really tooting my own horn there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, I was a number and I was replaceable and uh, it didn't feel good. And, and it was really highlighted over that sale, over that, um, over that sales process. So I decided to start my own business and I wanted it to be, I've always really wanted my business in the back of my mind. I just never really had the, the push to do it. And that was the push to do it. So, um, yeah, I started working kind of freelance, I suppose, in terms of how supporting women to um, women in business, female led brands, um, specifically, I suppose, within the wellness space, because that's where the brand was that I'd been positioned in in the corporate world um, to help with their strategies and business plans and their selling and commercial aspect of things. Um, and that's what led me to where I am today. And I still do that work and absolutely love it. And in terms of the selling part of it, I think for me, because I was somebody that kind of fell it, well, I suppose everybody really, anybody that's in sales is somebody that's fallen into sales. I don't think anyone ever really sets out to be in sale. I mean, maybe they do. Maybe there are people out there that are like, no, we do. I, I did like, that was the career path I set out for myself. But for me, because I landed up, you know, in it, I knew straight away 
what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it. So as soon as I was kind of positioned as this person that was good at selling, I was then kind of put on all these different trainings of, you know, this is what you should. And I was kind of like, but why, why do I need to do this trade? Not that, not that I, not, not that I'm someone that questions authority. I mean, I am, I think <laughs> that's partly why um, I wanted to leave the corporate was to set my own rules, but I didn't understand the need for this robotic way of training in my first kind of career that that first part of my corporate career I didn't understand the need for like the role playing and like none of it felt genuine or authentic to me it all felt very made up and very like and I just didn't understand it so I kind of created I kind of gave my team freedom to sell how they wanted to rather than feel they have to follow scripts um, and it was it was quite controversial at the time because it was, you know, beauty uh, beauty consultants that have worked for brands all that are listening to this all across the UK will totally resonate that it was a, there was a period of time where scripted selling in retail, especially for beauty um, consultants, was the thing. It, you had to you were basically given a script, and to go against that was was quite controversial. But we did. And um, it's actually where my love of events came from as well, because I would always be doing events in, you know, all of the concessions I worked in to launch things instead of following these scripts, we'd have something else to talk about. And it really worked. And um, that was kind of like the first part of that, of, of kind of fighting against the traditional way of selling. And then in the second part of my corporate career, so when I moved across um, after having Ruby, it was a totally different way of selling that I still hated <laughs> so there was no training um and it was all about um sell mass sell low sell quick um sell to the customer's budget not to the value that kind of thing and I hated it and I really stood my ground and uh lost lost the business quite a lot of money in the first year because I wouldn't discount. I wouldn't discount any of um, you know the rates that we'd set out. I really wanted to make an example that you don't have to be bottom discount in order to hit a target. You can lay out the foundations early on and, and get the success. Well, as a result of me putting my foot down, the event nearly didn't go ahead again because, you know, they were like, well, this has lost a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, but trust me, you know, long-term it's going to be great. This is what I'm forecasting. And it worked the next year because we put our foot down and we hadn't given last minute discounts. We hadn't, you know, um, discounted anything. We'd known the value of it and we'd um, uh, kind of give it, invited them all to attend and they could see the value of it. That the next year there was like a queue, a waiting list of people wanting to book on and they did so at the full rate and it forevermore was that and that again led me on to win multiple awards and create sales trainings within the larger company within the uh, industry within the exhibitions and events industry and people really used it as an example of best practice you know if you can stand that first year of potentially losing a larger sum of money actually long term you can make the profit quite quickly. Um, so yeah, that was another example of me fighting against that. And, and I suppose um, when I left corporate world, I just wanted to create, I wanted women to have more confidence in selling, but I wanted to create a way of them having that without it feeling like they're having to, having to 
be inauthentic or robotic or scripted and that's where I came up with the whole self or selling name and it's what I now from a consultancy capacity go into businesses and train their staff in but also work with uh, women in business individually or small businesses um, to, to create within all of their process all of their sales processes and ultimately it's a purpose-led way of selling it's a way of selling that feels good for you that's not one size fits all um, because that's the other thing with these traditional ways of selling is that you're very much led down a path of well it doesn't matter who you're talking to who the customer is or what they're looking for or what their problems are you have to get offer them this there was no kind of like solution-based selling and soulful selling really does focus on that solution it really um really focuses on the problem that the person or the product is is solving and um and selling that but also being confident enough to walk away from a sale if it's not right for you but also shock if it's not right for the client mm-hmm. or the customer and that's something else that obviously you know I'm, I'm sure you're very aware I'm sure everybody's very aware that in traditional ways of selling there was no such thing you don't let anybody you don't leave money on the table you don't let anybody walk away without something but actually I found certainly through my experience that that respect you gain from um saying actually I don't think this is right for you right now or I don't think this product's right for you right now but I might have something in the future the respect you gain from that is so much more valuable than um than that quick sell so I always think long term and and soulful selling adopts that and I'm really sorry that was so (laughs) long-winded don't say sorry hours (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's Uh, yeah it's essentially a customer first solution-based long-term approach to selling yeah um there's just so much more to it isn't there like you and I did an Instagram live um with our friend Ange recently and we touched on the fact that sales and marketing are quite similar in lots of ways like yes okay big businesses they are fundamentally different different teams different departments very different functions and and all the rest of it but in terms of what being a business owner yourself sales and marketing are very blended very much the same thing I believe because I think you and I are very aligned in our approach in that it's not yeah it's not about manipulation it's not about just getting the money it's actually about the opposite it's about um staying true to your values as a human being and treating people as you'd want to be treated yourself um and it's the whole energetic side of it as well isn't it like if you're trying to manipulate someone then it's not going to feel good for them and it's actually they're going to end up feeling even worse for you over time you're just going to feel all kinds of ick and just going against yeah your values um and yeah when it comes to to selling um I think like selling can be can be really intentional can't it but it can also be interwoven into all of your messaging, into all of your content. Essentially, every time we show up and speak online or create some content, written, visual, it's selling, isn't it? It's it's all part of the big jigsaw puzzle. And I think that's where, in my experience with my clients, people can be, feel really scared of selling because it all of a sudden makes them think of the, the old 
icky ways of of selling like telesales even you know back in the day when you'd have the house call like ringing you and you just get off like stop stop probing me um or people think it's like a performance like a I've got to jump on and do this you know tv advert style thing and it's just not it's not about that at all um so I'd love to ask maybe what your advice would be for someone if they are listening and they're like okay tell me how can I sell myself then or like Chelsea if we were to have a session together like just you know a couple of little top line tidbits you can share with us around yeah how someone could perhaps take some quick action yeah so I think the first thing to do is to just remove this fear that people have around selling or sales or you know if it means you have to call it something else then call it something else but ultimately what I always start with is sales at the at, at its very basic level is simply an energy transfer it's you sharing something that you're really passionate about that you that is that has your purpose behind it that you know is going to benefit that person because they have the problem that you solve. You haven't created that problem. There's a big difference. You haven't created the problem to then sell into the problem. Like, so, you know, going back to the whole selling with integrity, not creating the problem to then solve it with, with what I have to sell. Um, they have that problem and they need to solve it and you have that. So why wouldn't they want to? You're actually doing... And, and this is me flipping from a mindset point of view, what a lot of people come to me with is, well, why would they? And my answer to that is, why wouldn't they? If you have the solution to their problem and you know it's be- going to benefit them and you can transfer that energy and say, look, I know I can benefit that. I know I can I can help you solve this problem. Um, why wouldn't they? So it's always flipping it. I always find that I spend most of the time when I'm, doing sales trainings or sale soulful selling sessions with people is it's I'm usually spent most of the time flipping their arguments as to why they can't sell on their head until they believe that they can because ultimately my my response to everything is why would why wouldn't your ideal client want it and it kind of then goes back to being really sure on what the solution is that you provide that, that's like the first thing. So understanding that sales at its very base is just a transfer of energy. And it's not something scary. It's not like the, what the Wolf of Wall Street is not um, cold call centers. It's you simply telling, explaining to somebody how you could solve the problem that they have. So getting really clear on what that solution is that you provide and who you solve it for. So your ideal client and um and the solution uh, all backed by why you do what you do beyond the financial gain so this is something i always speak about so beyond your money your, your business should be making money that's a given but beyond the financial gain why do you do what you do and there's always a purpose and there should always be a purpose that's a good thing everything within your business should be intentional so making sure that you know what that purpose is, what that solution is that you provide and who you provide it for are the three key pillars to, to being successful with selling. Because what you want to do is get to the point where it's not even, it doesn't even feel like selling. It doesn't even feel like, you know, you, you want to get to a point where somebody knows what you're, what you're able to do 
so much you they know that you hold that solution that they will just come to you and say right how can I work with you I've heard that you do this or whether that's word of mouth marketing whether that's because they've seen you showing up that's what you want to do and the more you shout about the purpose the more you shout about the solution and who your client is and you're calling them in the more the sorry the less you you then have to sell Mm. So making it as simple as possible, making that process as simple as possible, whether that's having your purpose um, on your website, you know, actually getting the solution down to like a paragraph on your on your website, um, your ideal client, having that really, um, really open whenever you're showing up, calling them in. The more you simplify the process um, for people to find you, find the solution find your purpose find your ideal client the less you're going to have to do that 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 thing that people don't like doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just made me think of um that that um attract don't chase yeah um you know phrase way of of being it's yeah it's not like chasing after the money and chasing after the people and convincing it's about actually like uh being really courageous and intentional but almost like sitting back and going my people are going to come to me I'm just going to share my wisdom my magic all of my amazing value and then the people yeah that are looking for that solution are going to come it's not like take plucking someone off the street who's not even like problem aware and just going you need this thing which is what we've all experienced like out in town or whatever um it's just attracting the people who are like warm or hot prospects would you would you agree like the people that are like I have this current situation that I want help with yeah I and I always go back to selling is 90% conviction and only 10% persuasion whereas so many people will will feel like it's it should be the reverse of that and it's so not it people Mm. buy you they buy people buy people so people when I, like if we use as an example my experience on a beauty concession people whilst you know loved the products they bought me they didn't buy the products initially they bought me they bought what I was saying they bought the fact that I had you know identified what they needed and I had the best products for it and yes the products were great but the products are actually the last thing that they get to do they're the last thing they get to try they won't try those products until they're home they would have already bought it you know that they they would have already exchanged money and they're not exchanging money for the product they're exchanging money for what I've told them the product's going to do so that's kind of how you have to see it it's it's not about and um you know I think um actually I can't remember who it was now I watched a workshop workshop recently and they said you know say sales or how people perceive sales when you first start doing it is that you have to explain the process so if you're invited so if you're if you've been invited around for dinner you wouldn't ask someone to cut you wouldn't invite someone around to dinner by saying this is what we're going to do you're going to turn up and then you're going to come and sit at the table and then I'm going to bring the you know you would say to them I'm doing this lovely lovely dinner I'd love for you to arrive at x time we're going to have a a wonderful dinner this is what it's going to be and we're going to just have some great conversation and the wine's going to be flowing you're selling them the experience you're not you're not inviting them to go through the process you're inviting them for the experience so when you kind of 
flip that again on, on its head and understand that people are buying you, they're buying the experience, they're buying the solution. The package and product and the thing that most people spend so much time on is like the package, the project, the product, the pricing. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not important because that is super important, but that's not what people want to hear. That's not what people buy. People are buying the, the solution, the experience and you. And if you're, um, if you're not completely convinced of what you're selling, it's really hard to sell it. You have to have that conviction. And the only way I've found to have that conviction is if it's, be, if it's led by that purpose. If, it, if, it's, if, if you truly feel, if you're, con if you're truly convinced that what you're offering is solving a problem, you've won half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, it's that energy exchange, isn't it? And even if, even if people aren't tapped into, um, you know, like almost like analyzing what they're consuming, it's a subconscious thing and they'll be picking up on the fact that, yeah, you don't believe it. So then they're, they're just not drawn in and not sold at all. And I think, yeah, a lot of people can um get caught up on relying on the oh well I've got like five live sessions and five guest experts and all the free stuff and um, but then it's like but what's that transformation and the piece you just said around buying into you the person yeah it's like if if you're not showing up as just your relaxed authentic self being really passionate about your purpose and how you help people then people don't even know like what you are what you stand for they're not drawn to signing up for five live sessions with you because they don't know what that sitting in that space with you for that length of time is going to do for them. Yeah. yeah, I love that so much. Um, so I talk about strategy plus intuition equals magic, but that's my approach. That's kind of my motto. It just came to me one day a few months ago and I was writing an Instagram post um because I mean it speaks for itself really like I combine strategy and structure which is of course very important in business especially when you're in the early stages when you're learning anything new you need some structure to it but I believe it's like paramount to include intuition in that you know we need to be tapped into what feels right and aligned and good and high vibe and exciting to us as an individual person before, like over anything else even the coaches and the mentors we work with it's always coming back to what feels good to us and then that's where the magic happens for our business and for our lives for our happiness and all that comes with it so I would love to ask you how you um weave in intuition with the way that you run your business because you know we know each other quite well and I know that this is a big part of what you do so I'd just love to hear your kind of experience around that and perhaps some advice for people who want to take more of this intuitive approach to their business, but don't really, haven't really taken that on yet. Yeah. So I, um, I've actually tested the phrase, trust the process multiple times um, within my business and it's worked for me every time. I can't say, I can't ever, I, I suppose I used to be somebody, maybe before I started my business, it used to be like, that stuff's crap, like whatever, like you need focus, you need strategy, you need targets, you, you know, you need pipelines and you do need, you know, you do need those things. And this trust the process thing came to me, I think about 12 months into my business when I was going through, um, you know, a bit of an ebb and flow stage. 
and I was like I just don't think I can I can trust it I just don't because I've never I've never been somebody that's just released control I don't think I've ever been somebody that's just like been totally led by intuition up till that point and I was just like sod it I'm gonna try it and um it worked it worked in the sense of um I was I was being guided by my intuition it was a time in my in my business where I needed to make changes I needed to um I'd evolved the business had evolved and I needed to do that but I wasn't quite sure in the direction where I was going and I felt like I you know I kept creating plans I kept creating strategies and they just weren't coming through and I was like I just need to stop I need to stop and let things settle give myself some space and trust the process and it really worked for me and ever since then I've been so guided by intuition that um, it's just second nature now. If something's not coming, I don't force it anymore. I sit with it. I let it settle. We have this conversation quite a lot, don't we? In terms of, you know, sometimes you do just have to take a step back and sit. Um, so in terms of how I weave magic, it, it, is, go, it is being guided by my gut. It, it really is. And I know that's so counterintuitive to people that are just starting out. And I know it doesn't, it probably makes no sense because it wouldn't have to me. You know, if so, when people said that to me at the beginning of my business, I'd be like, but I can't just sit back and wait for stuff to happen. And no, we're not, I'm not saying that you can't just sit back and, and let stuff happen. But what I think the trust in the process aspect and the magic aspect of having your own business for me is, is that you get to play the game. You get to play around with um, creating opportunities for you on your own terms showing up on your own terms, making your own rules, working the hours that you want to work. And that in itself is magic for me. Having spent so long in a corporate career and being so restricted with ideas, with times, with deadlines, all of that kind of stuff, actually really leaning in and knowing that I, I'm creating my own destiny. Like that is magic. I am able to make money from my brain. Like People are basically buying my brain for an hour or four weeks or whatever it is. How wonderful that I that I have created that. And I've created that by trusting my gut and by um feeling my way into things. Oh, this maybe isn't working. I maybe need to think about and but not forcing it. I think that's the thing. That's a great quote. I can't remember who it's by, but if you have to what is it? Uh yoga poses, ponytails, bras. If you have to force it, leave it. You know, that, and that's how I feel about business. And and it can be so counterintuitive because you'll be sat at your desk and you'll be like, I need to finish this business plan. There's just something's not clicking. Sometimes you just need to take a day off. You just mm. need to step back and think. I'm just going to let it settle. I'm going to let my brain, you know, get, catch up, get up to speed and then and then go back to it with a renewed energy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we just spoke, didn't we, before we hit record about the fact that we've both just taken a few days off Instagram, actually. So what what made you feel like you wanted to go for that after the way I've observed you on Instagram recently is you've been so... I don't like to use consistency because I don't think we should be aim, aiming for necessarily consistent. It's regular. You know, we, sh we, we need to be tapping into our energy levels and not be consistent in that we can't ever take time off and have to be doing the same thing every day. It's just being regular. But you've been showing up a lot. You've been so on there. So when you said, oh, I've taken a week off. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me about a bit about like 
how you were able to so easily just know and then how you feel now have you gone back onto Instagram now or not yet no Saturday's the big day um <laughs> no so uh, I went through I've been through many a burnout whilst having my business and I think I've had three quite big ones so one a year <laughs> doing quite well um, no we shouldn't we shouldn't be saying that because it's not right for anyone to be burning out um but um and it's important to say because it's so normal yeah, old habits it really hard. And I think I've just reached a point now where I I can start to spot the signs and for me uh, I can really see it I can really see it when I'm starting to let my routine slip routine's such a, a thing for me um not rude not not strict as in like I I my days have itinerary but things like I like to get up at the same time every day um not to necessarily go straight to work but I start to see things in myself that I know that I'm close to getting to that point where you know I'm gonna burn out and obviously with the last 18 months none of us have really had a break so it's a lot closer than I would have liked but um I know that something needs to it, something needs to give and I have been showing up loads on Instagram, loads and loads, and that has generated a lot of interests and, and a lot of um, clients for me. So it just felt like the right time to just take that, take a step back and, and allow that ball to drop for a little while. Um, and I think it's important that you, that you have those moments in your business because it, you need that clarity. And as I said, if you have to force it, you've got to stop it. And I did get to the point, you know, at the end of not last week, week before, where I felt like I was forcing the content out of me um, and I was like no this is no good because I don't want it to affect the content I'm putting out there I don't want it to affect how I feel about Instagram Instagram can also be a very noisy place especially when you're in a vulnerable state um, such as getting close to feeling like I need a break burnout or I'm not doing enough that you get on this horrible cycle then um, so sometimes I just find to just switch off completely is the best way to do um and yeah so I'm in that phase at the moment and then I'll be going back to it and I think the most important thing to remember is that you set your own rules and my rule is that Instagram or any kind of social media is the first thing to drop when I start to um feel like I'm close to it because obviously my clients need to be priority the internal part of my business, like the systems and processes, um, you know, my daughter, me being well, well for my daughter and not being like, you know, totally um, like in, in, incapable of um, playing or entertaining her. Um, obviously she's number one priority and then my clients, I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but work, work-wise <laughs> clients are number one. So, you know, sometimes, that external stuff does have to take a backseat and that that's the reality of running a business um mm -hmm. is that you know sometimes you do have to focus on working in your business no focus yeah focus on working in your business and not on no have I got that the right way around focus on working in your business on your business yeah in it not yeah yeah so working like behind the scenes and working on you and making sure you're good as a ceo rather than always doing the client work and everything yeah. else just yeah yeah like, and then, and then yeah you'll have seasons where it's the total opposite and actually showing up all the time and being loud and noisy and um working on your at the other side of your business <laughs> <laughs> um, is more important um, yeah. and I think as women as well like 
I'm very, I am quite led with, um, with my cycle hormonally. So I think knowing that, um, I think I, I do tend to plan around that quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. It's something that I've done a lot more in recent months. Um, because, you know, but when we were back in the workplace, it was very much just, it's all about the really rigid structure. And so as women, we're not taught to tap into how we're feeling at different times in the month. Like, yes, you know, time in the month, we know that we're having stomach cramps and, and those things that kind of scream at you and you have to do something about, like sometimes maybe take the day off or take painkillers and things. But I think when you start your own business and you really like settle into the learnings that you've had in the early stages, perhaps like this is what happened to me anyway, lots and lots of learnings, just settling into who I am as this individual CEO, if you like, rather than like a a piece of a big company. Um, And yeah, like to your point, making your own rules, your own rules as a business owner. and I think like, I mean, that's really gonna develop your intuition, isn't it? So yeah, having some stillness, getting support from coaches and consultants and people, um, even, you know, podcasts and books and all the resources where we learn about the other way, like there's another way or there's other, there's other alternative ways of doing this. And then just getting quiet and listening and feeling and being like, oh, do you know what? Actually the week before my period, I'm actually like, full of self-doubt, keep feeling really shit every month, keep feeling really low energy, getting out of bed later. So maybe instead of trying to force myself to be consistent like I used to, because I had to get up and out every day at the same time, I can change this up. Yeah. Wouldn't that be enjoyable and feel really bloody good? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um, so I'd love to ask what your top three pieces of advice would be to women who are in those early stages of their business, just kind of figuring things out. I feel like you've touched on so many already, but like, just what are like the most powerful ones on the tip of your tongue right now? So definitely trust your gut. I, I think, and I, I know that that takes time. Um, and may, maybe I already had some of that from, being in sales for as long as I did and and kind of knowing how people work and and kind of how how industries move but I think really try and um pull in on your intuition really try and hone in trust in your gut and and feeling into things and and knowing when to evolve and when to kind of pull back um and be guided by that I think that's that's really key second thing is focus on always focus on what success means to you don't get caught up in the noise um, of, you know, what everyone else is doing. Just really set your goals. Um, I like to set three goals, one financial, one personal, one business. And I do that every quarter and then break them down monthly, weekly and daily. Um, and it just keeps me really directional, really structured and on the path to what is success for me rather than getting caught up in the noise. So I'd say that's number two. And then number three, make sure you put money aside for your taxes because there's only one guarantee in business. And that is that the tax man will be around every year to collect collect your tax. And yeah, I think um, making sure that you're always putting some money aside in your tax pot 
um, is is my number three tip for sure. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. So before we hop off and end this episode, I'd love to ask you a final question. So the name of this podcast is the Make Magic Podcast. Um, A lot of my, the way I do business and just the language I've used organically over time has become a lot around magic because I truly believe that we have the ability to to achieve huge amounts of magic in our business, in all areas of our life. Um, what that means to me is that I believe we're all capable of so much more than we think we are, that we so much more than we've been taught that we are able to achieve. And so, you know, through this podcast, I wanted to have amazing conversations and enable listeners to gain insights and learn new tools that really empower them to make more magic in their lives whatever that means for them because it's so different and individual so I'd love to ask you um you know what is making magic in your life all about like what makes you feel like you've got a magical life happening okay in my business it's that I get to set the rule that I don't compete with other women I collaborate with them um I am not being pitted against any other person um as I would probably have been I mean although again something I fought against in the corporate world was pitting salespeople against each other rather than working collaboratively um in my business that that's the magic is that I get to create my own opportunities on my own rules and I can work with people that do exactly the same as me um and and be totally focused on on the collaboration side and I think that's really magic I think something there is something truly magical in business when women work together um and I think just setting the precedence for that for future generations is something for me that that I really want to see for my daughter so in business I would say that um in my personal life it's the flexibility and freedom um time-wise money-wise you know I've basically removed that ceiling of my earning potential I can play this game and earn as much money as I want but equally I can work as little as I want you know I I have that flexibility to play this game and play it on my rules um so I would say that's pretty magic it's it's magic that I that I get to um yeah set my own rules and and kind of create opportunities for me that feel right for me that I'm and I'm not and I'm being totally guided by myself and not by somebody else's strategy or somebody else's targets it's it's all about me <laughs> that's the magic <laughs> incredible amazing like so many people will will resonate it's um a very freeing and magical feeling and experience you get from from running your own business yeah. oh thank you so so much Chelsea it's been amazing oh love chatting to you you know how much I love chatting to you um so for people who want to vibe with you more um find you online find out a bit more about all of your magic that you share on social and so on and also find out about your services where can where can they tap you up Okay, so I'm I am on my website, um, but yeah, usually Instagram is the best place to find me in my DMs. So slide in, guys. 
um yeah do that um and I yeah would love to chat more and if I can be of any help to any of you that would be amazing I'm always here to advise and guide incredible thank you so much thank you (laughs) so at the beginning I mentioned that Chelsea is offering a generous freebie to you all Um, So it is a free 30 minute consultation session on Zoom. Um, If you book any time between now and the end of 2021, hopefully you're listening within that time frame, then you can get this free session. So I have included the booking link in the show notes. So if you go to the description of this episode, you should find it in there. And I've also included it on my podcast landing page, lizspearsmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Any issues, just get in touch with me or Chelsea via Instagram DM. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have had you join us. If you loved today's episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at LizBeersMarketing. I'd love to connect with you all on there. And I'd also love to ask you to show me some love by leaving a rating or a review. I'd really, really appreciate that support. If you'd like to find out more about me and my marketing services for small business owners like you, check out the show notes for all the different ways we can work together or visit my website, LizBeersMarketing.com. Wishing you an amazing day and sending you lots and lots of love. Bye.